Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 35 of the Four Feathers Podcast. I am your host, Johnny Nani, joined tonight by Tony Marchese. It's time to crack them and get caught up on the Hawks. Tasty. Uh, it is. It is, Johnny. I'm uh, happy to be on the mic with you tonight. And uh, I, uh, I brought out a special beer that's near and dear to your heart. I got five of them sitting right next to me. We'll see how many I make it through on this podcast. But uh, cracking some bush lights tonight, uh, just in honor of, of Four Feathers. I've even got the Hawks koozie on them. Um, boy, that's tasty. First sip of beer for the day here. Um, 10 o'clock, it's a little late for me to be starting. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, you, you told me to wait to crack this open until we started. And, I, and that's exactly what I did. And it's very refreshing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you're uh, imbibing, enjoying those bush lattes. Uh, Tony, we missed you. Uh, we missed you last episode, episode 34. Uh, Ron, Patrick, and I held the fort down, but uh, it's good to have you back, man. How you been? Uh, yeah, been all right. Uh, it's been uh, it's been a little busy around these parts lately, uh, especially over at ONTAP. We've we've been making some moves. We've had some some live events. We've been we've been all over the place. Uh, we've gotten to talk some White Sox in the past uh, week. I know you. You missed out on that one, uh, but uh, our guy Steve and uh, Buzz and I talked some White Sox, and, and you guys were talking Hawks, but uh, I'm, I'm happy to be back on the microphone talking about a team that's, uh, that's in season, although I think the last time I was on a Four Feathers episode, they were doing a little bit better than, uh, than what they've been looking like lately, Johnny. Yeah, so it's interesting with the timing on these. Uh, sometimes it'll be good, like, you know, when we're in the midst of a uh, four-game winning streak. Um, other times it'll be, you know, and the thing is they haven't been playing all that terribly, um, minus some slow starts here. But, you know, the three losses kind of coming back down to earth. Um, but obviously you don't want to see those pile up. So uh, we're going we're gonna to get into that, some of the recent trends here, uh, some of our recent observations uh, just from what we've seen from this team over the past uh, stretch of games. I know we've kind of recapped them uh, on Blackhawks on tap episodes, but we kind of want to give you an overarching uh, sort of themes of what's going on uh, in the Blackhawks world. Speaking of those Blackhawks on tap episodes, um, I, I know, you know, we've got a bunch of guys that uh, listen to guys and gals that listen to four feathers podcast. And we really appreciate you tuning in. Um, uh, it's been, you know, great seeing uh, the, the listens kind of jump from last season to this season. Uh, we're glad you stuck through with us, but um, you know, these are designed to be more of our weekly shows. We'll try to get some guests on here as often as possible. So if you want to hear us more frequently, obviously you can follow us on four feathers pod on Twitter and Instagram for all of our uh, commentary, live content from the games, all that good stuff. But also, go and subscribe to Blackhawks on tap on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, Radio Public, wherever the hell you listen to them. Uh, they're there. Go and find them. Uh, that's Blackhawks on tap. Go and subscribe. Listen. Those will be our post game shows. And uh, we just kind of recap, give the, our initial reaction, what happened, you know, right after the game. And then we'll preview the next opponent there. So I just wanted to clear that again um, on the air here. So uh, everybody is aware of that. But uh, Tony, uh, let's get into a little bit of what's been going on recently with the Blackhawks. Now that I got that housekeeping stuff out of the way. Um, most recently today, uh, a roster move. Drake Kajula, uh, actually it was yesterday or over the weekend that he was placed on long-term injured reserve with a concussion. Team's finally back in town, uh, you know, Monday, kind of business day here. Uh, and they called up Matthew Highmore from Rockford. So uh, thoughts on both those, uh, Kajula to long-term injured reserve and Highmore being called up. You know, I'm, I've am i always been a big Drake Kajula guy, Johnny, and, and this started last year, and I think he, he just kind of filled a void 
of of Andrew Shaw for me. And, you know, just this year, I really haven't gotten to experience, uh, I think, Drake Kajula the way I was last year in, in the sense of I feel like he's not skating as much with that edge. I don't know what the concussion protocol is. I know you said you didn't see the hit. I didn't see the hit either. But uh, he just really hasn't been, um, I don't know, a difference maker, so to speak. I don't know if, if, if you think differently on that, but... Um, you know, it it doesn't really feel like we're going to miss him in the lineup all too much, as much as the team last year would have and did. Um, but, you know, I, I think uh, I think the Heimler call ups fine. Um, you know, I really think that that role probably would have went to Chris Versteeg had he still been uh, still been around with Rockford. Um, I know Versteeg had a nice training camp and then uh, the Hawks parted ways with him uh, just a, about a week, two weeks ago. Um, but you know, we'll see what we get out of Highmore. I really don't expect him to be impactful in, in any way, shape or form. I don't um, expect him to be in the lineup right away. Yeah, I don't really either. So it's just kind of a roster move for as, as a roster move. I, I don't really think Highmore really profiles as somebody who's going to really see top six minutes regardless. So, you know, it, probably a few more Zach Smith starts is what I would expect out of this. Uh, but mm-hmm. other than that, I mean, this just kind of status quo uh throwing another guy up into the fire here yeah so uh with the drake kajula thing like you mentioned i didn't see it uh, i didn't see exactly what happened uh on that play so um uh, you know whenever it may have been uh because he had been out in the concussion protocol uh missed a couple of games before that and then the move was officially made over the weekend i believe and then like i said they waited back uh until you know today and monday at home uh, getting the business day uh kind of standard like you had said roster moves in since they did have that space there to do it and called up Highmore. um I- i'm with you it's fine i don't mind it matthew Highmore does have NHL experience I believe it was uh, 17 the game maybe a little bit less than that closer to actually I think it was closer like 12 or something like that uh games that he skated in with the Hawks back two seasons ago and last year was kind of injury reeled for him so uh he, he did have two goals in that time and I think he fired like 27 shots on net something like that uh back during that 2017-18 campaign so um I guess that that is uh one checkbox in his favor um I was just wondering for just my kind of kind of pondering as I kind of, you know, do the prospect report and look up and down these things. And the guy that uh, our guy Ron Luce and I had been pretty interested in was Anton Whedon. Um, he's got identical AHL numbers to Highmore so far this season. And is it Whedon or is it Whedon or Whedon? I believe it's Whedon. I believe it's Whedon. I'll Um, have to stay on brand and say Whedon. Yeah. Whedon. Yeah. Keep your uh, mispronunciations going, but yeah, that, that is just, uh, honestly, that's just a thought I had had, you know, kind of a, um, an asterisk here in our notes that, uh, I just thought, you know, identical numbers. Uh, he's a little bit older since he was signed from over in Europe, uh, over the last season. So I know if that was someone that they were trying to, you know, just see what he has or whatever, but um, uh, that's it's fine. I, either one of them would have been fine. I said, you know, could there have been a case with with the identical numbers being there? I believe it's four goals, six assists, both of them. And like I would mentioned, uh, Whedon did it in sixteen games, Highmore in seventeen. Not a huge difference there Didn't at all. Didn't he have a better uh, training but, camp too in preseason? Yeah, we didn't kind of. Um, I think he opened some more eyes, but that also may have been due to him being new. Um, so that's, I just wanted to bring that up, uh, just food for thought, uh, for Blackhawks fans. So that's a night, uh, you know, name to keep an eye on, uh, down in Rockford because, uh, he's been having a solid start to the year himself. So, uh, but Matthew Highmore has as well. And he looks like he has recuperated from that injury. So, um, like I said, don't expect him, uh, like the lines today were 
similar to what they were at Dallas. Actually, I think the exact same minus uh, Keith maintenance day at practice. So uh, Cuckoo, you know, just filled in on that top defensive spot. But obviously Keith will be in to start um, Tuesday night when they take on the Stars at home. So, um, you know, no major changes. Uh, Highmore will be watching from the press box. But, you know, good for him. Second NHL stint. So uh, let's move on to the next thing. Uh, we've got uh, it's the one year anniversary, Tony. We can talk about this for a little bit here. And I wish Ron was on. But, uh, you know, he, he's on that early early work grind and uh you know he passes out a little bit early on us sometimes but he wrote a great article today about the one year anniversary of the schmaltz for stroman perlini trade with the arizona coyotes that happened exactly a year ago on this date so while we're recording this november 25th 2018 is when it happened uh you'll probably hear this on you know november 26th but anyway it's one year out of this thing um you know your, your initial uh kind of assessment of this yeah, um, you know, my initial assessment of this is this kind of the trade that saved Stan Bowman's job, in my opinion. Um, not that not that Bowman was on a short leash from McDonough or anything, but, uh, you know, the the value you got back in Dylan Strom and, and, and Perlini last year was so much more than what you would have seen from smoking Nick Schmaltz uh, on the ice. Um, you Smoke. know, we just... We Schmaltz was such a frustrating player to watch. Agreed. So frustrating. All the talent in the world. The guy could be a top six forward in pretty much any team in the league, given the fact that he actually gives a shit. And uh, he just didn't provide that give a shit. And I think Arizona is the perfect place for a guy like Nick Schmaltz. And, you know, we've we've seen him go on his you know little tears down there. But he also did the same thing with the Hawks. He'd, he'd make some phenomenal plays. And then just kind of go through the motions a little bit. That guy um, loves glide, gliding through the neutral zone more than yes. anyone else I've seen in the NHL. Just gliding. Yes, yes just gliding. Um, and, you know, that's such frustrating hockey to watch. When, you, when you're seeing a guy out there just dogging it for no apparent reason, he becomes a target. And that's exactly what Schmaltz was he was a, he was a target of anybody who wanted to complain about the Blackhawks team because he was not giving his all and you know I was so happy to see him go and I'm still happy that he's gone I know that uh Brandon Perlini's time really didn't work out under Jeremy Carlton but Dylan Strom provided some familiarity for Alex to bring it and Strom mm-hmm. in his own right has been a, a very positive um I guess story so to speak, because when he was down in Arizona, he was having all sorts of trouble and he just fit this system pretty well. And uh, it's been nice to see a former first rounder actually get uh, get up to potential at some points in time. I think he's got his own issues, Um, maybe not effort wise, but finding the back of the net consistently. Um, But, you know, he's a serviceable center. I don't I don't know if he's exactly a bona fide to see but he fits somewhere in between that that second and third center, and he really allowed you to part ways with Artem Anisimov this this past offseason. And yep. I think that was very key for the Blackhawks because they were relying so heavily on Anisimov, who was on kind of a bad contract. And this really allowed the Hawks this year to navigate the salary cap and, and actually bring in some key pieces. So I think that trade... Just overall, in, in my opinion, uh, it was a win for the Hawks, and it, and it still is to this day. We'll see what happens with Dylan Strom, um, but uh, 
you know, Perlini, he he'll always be remembered for that hat trick game. And um, I, I really feel like if you held on to Nick Schmaltz, it just was never going to work out. So uh, pr- pretty good deal for the Hawks. I think looking back on it a year later, obviously there's still more to go here, but um, I think it was a really good trade. How about you? So just to piggyback off one of those things that you'd said at the end of uh, your points there, I, uh, I hate the cliches in hockey, and I know that they're you know adamant and they're abundant and they're everywhere, but uh, change of scenery is one of them. But this is a case where it is very true for both parties, uh, if we're talking the guys that are still with the teams that made this trade here. Um, I don't think I'd put this out on Twitter uh, in sharing Ron's article, and I don't think that either of these guys reached the levels of success that they would have if they were still on their original draft teams. So um, I think, it, honestly, it's a win, like Ron had kind of pointed out in his article. Uh, it's kind of a win for both teams because uh, you had said, you know, Schmaltz kind of uh, provides that more of a top six elite scorer that they, I guess, not elite yet, but, you know, the potential definitely is there for Nick Schmaltz to be that down there. Um, and he can, you know, set up a guy like Phil Kessel now that they, you know, brought in over the offseason. So um, it works out well for him there. And then, like you had mentioned, you can't uh, – it's the storyline that everybody loves because they're best friends and they played in Erie and all that, yada, yada. But, you know, Dylan Strom and Alex Dabrinkit, you saw it when you and I had talked about it. You know, what's the only chemistry that we, they had had early on when they were still playing that dump and chase bullshit? You know, how are we going to get out of this? Well – put Dylan Strom and Alex to bring it back together and they have Patrick Kane with them now too. So, um, I mean, it's worked. That's the best line on this team. Yeah. It's one of the best lines in hockey. Uh, and that's, I'm just kind of, I can honestly go through and, uh, Ron's not on this podcast, but he might as well be, uh, with all these points that I'm bringing up here. Um, that uh, he had put in this article here because uh, it's arguably one of the best lines in hockey, um, especially when they're firing on all cylinders like they were during that little, you know, four game win streak that we had. Um, and, you know, to bring it still uh, granted it was to a defenseman, but he had an assist uh, on Saturday night. So it's not like he's been, you know, completely slowing down um, either, even with this uh, sort of, you know, down stretch of three losses in a row that the Blackhawks have suffered here. So, um, yeah, but just back to the trade overall, man, um, it, it worked out well for both sides. I think that's a fair assessment of it one year into this thing. And like you had said, there's still going to be more to go in this. Uh, we're probably going to do another, you know, two year follow up uh, on this date in 2020. Uh, and do the same thing. Look at, uh, you know, what's gone on uh, with all the parties involved. Uh, just quickly touching on Brendan Perlini. Um, you know, I feel ba- I, I use one of our favorites. I use, you know, he interact with us on Twitter a little bit and stuff. Uh, and he's a good guy. Uh, you know, he's, he, he's got a good head on his shoulders, but, you know, never worked out here. Signed that uh, kind of, you know, very minimal deal uh, one year when he was an RFA. This offseason only got into one game and then uh, the Hawks moved him and, up in Detroit, unfortunately, I know Detroit's struggling. They're a bad team, but uh, one assist over 14 games uh, for the Red Wings since being moved. So uh, I'm, you know, overall this could be a win for the Hawks if, uh, like, like I said, more Ron just being on this podcast, uh, even though he's not, uh, if Alec Regula becomes a uh, regular for the Blackhawks blue line in the future, uh, yeah, that was the prospect that they had got back in return for Brennan Perlini from Detroit. So, um, you know, a lot of aspects to this, a lot of moving parts in this trade still, uh, a lot still up in the air. But one year out, I think we can say that it's been positive for both the mainstays in that trade involved, uh, Nick Schmaltz, Dylan Strom, and then um, unfortunately for Brendan Perlini, 
you know, uh, he's elsewhere now, but uh, I think the Hawks, you know, may have something in that Alec Regula kid. Uh, we had seen some of the highlights that he had with Boquist when they were up in London, um, and he's off to a good start. I will actually hit on his numbers a little bit more when we get to this later in the prospect report. But overall, yeah, um, I, I think good trade for both sides one year in here. So, um, Tony, it's time to move on. Uh, we have uh, one game that we were not able to cover on a Blackhawks on tap due to uh, weekend commitments uh, among our panelists here. So uh, the Dallas game was the most recent one. Um, the Hawks fell 2-1 in a shootout uh, in Dallas on Saturday night. Um, I'd say they played a pretty decent game overall. Olimata got his first goal as a Blackhawks. Uh, there were two disallowed goals, one pretty obvious, another one a little bit questionable. But um, I, you know, I think the refs did end up making the right calls on those. So um, it's not like the Hawks were cheated out of any of those, uh, I don't think. Um, but then there, there's one thing that's kind of been a buzzing topic on social media. And I know you had uh, brought it up before we even started this thing. Uh, Leonard in the shootout, um, you know, he, he let up both goals. Uh, you know, the, the shootout was out, it was over right, right after that because, uh, you know, the Hawks weren't able to put one in, uh, in the back of the net behind, I believe it was Kudobin in there. And uh, Leonard gave up the two uh, to the Stars' first two skaters. So uh, this one didn't even go the full, you know, three, kind of how we're used to seeing it. So um, you want to dive into some of these comments that he uh, went in on Twitter on Sunday with? Yeah, sure. Uh, I'll read this out here um, in case anybody's not aware. Um, here, here's what uh, Robin Leonard had to say. Um, following that uh, that shootout loss, he said, first, let's get this out of the way. It's not a mental problem because I don't feel any type of pressure anymore. Proven that with my performance in contract years and in countless insane situations that I can still perform on the ice. So here we go. I want to hear from all the experts in the media on why my new shootout strategy, I want my new shootout strategy should be. I'm all ears. The shootout is not hockey, so I got to learn this sport somehow, and hopefully one of the experts can help me as all my goalie coaches haven't been able to yet. Sabres fans would love to hear your opinions as well. Don't be shy. Let's turn this together. Happy Sunday. Um, you know, just coming out right here, this is a guy who's obviously frustrated. The shootout is, I don't know how you feel about it, Johnny. I think it's a very interesting way to end a game, um, and we can go back and forth on this. We can do a whole episode on how we feel about the shootout, I feel like, but... You know, it's it it's not exactly an easy situation to be a goaltender in a shootout. I feel like you're you're kind of at the disadvantage. Number one, um, you're one on one with this guy who's got the puck on his stick, and you're up against your opponent's best scores. You know, it's it's there's there is a lot of pressure. No matter what Robin Leonard has to say, this is this is a pressure pack situation. Um, I'm I'm gonna say it's not mental, um, but this is it could go either way. I mean, you got to leave it up to your scores too. Here, that's the other thing um, that's that we're not we're not really mentioning here too is yeah. the guys the guys on the Hawks. You know, your Patrick Kane, your Jonathan Taves. This guy's got to go out there and at least one of them's got to put one in the net. Um, if if they're you. not if they're not doing that, and you're leaving it all on your goalie's shoulders, you know you're bound to lose. Um, the Hawks, I, I really don't know off the top of my head what the record and shootouts are, but it just seems like lately it's not good. Um, you know, and I don't know why that is. It's, it's just one of those things, kind of like the Hawks power play. You've had all these big names throughout the years that, uh, 
that should have an excellent power play, and they don't get it done. I, I, don't, I don't know. There's times where I feel like Corey Crawford is a terrible goaltender in the shootout. Um, you know, back when Scott Darling was here, I felt like I wanted Darling in the net for shootouts when after Crawford, had, you know, pitched a shutout. And uh, they go to the shootout, and all of a sudden uh, somebody, you know, sneaks one by Crawford, and another one gets by, and game over. It's it's really, I, I feel like it's an injustice to the goaltenders on some aspects. Um, but, you know, it, it is what it is. You could practice it a hundred million times, and if somebody just puts a move on you that you can't handle, game over. Uh, I don't really know what else to say here. I mean, Robin Leonard's been a really good goaltender for the Blackhawks so far this year. Um here's the, here's the other thing win it in regulation we don't have to get there yeah. um you know it, it, it is what it is you know it goes to shoot out and i'm pretty much it it, it turns into a crapshoot and there's not really much you can do i i don't really blame teams for losing in the in the shootout uh i blame them for not winning it during regulation or in the three on three yeah, that's called being opportunistic. You know, my favorite word. I had to bring it up here. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's a frustrated Leonard. Uh, he, he's so great. He leads the league in save percentage right now. Um, he, obviously, this guy is, you know, frustrated when a game ends like that. And uh, say what you want about the shootouts. Um, I don't think they're, you know, the greatest thing in the world. Um, but, you know, that was part of hockey's changes uh, when they were making games, uh, you know, make it more fan engaging, more entertaining, um, all that kind of stuff. Um, it's been around for a while now. It's not new. It's not the first year of this. So um, the Hawks got it. First of all, they got to figure out a way to score. I'm totally with you there. Uh, The first, uh, I guess, note on my list here would be going to, one, win it in regulation. Two, win it in overtime if you don't win it in regulation. Then three, if it does go to a shootout, actually put the puck in the back of the net um, from your elite forwards that we have because it's always, what, Johnny Taves, you know, Patrick Kane. That's usually the one, two. And again, I go back to my comments earlier. Um, that we I think we discussed on one of these episodes where I said Jonathan Taves needs to put the puck in the back of the net more often on the shootout. You know, like yeah. it, it it just seems like anytime we go to a shootout for some reason our elite guys just they're not getting it done together. It's one or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it is what it is. But you know, we, there's no other sport that kind of ends it this way. You know, it's yeah. It's weird. You don't end a baseball game with a home run derby, you know, yeah. like, yeah, it, no, that, that, that's a great way to put it. And you know what? Another note that you had brought up in there um, that, you know, you know what? The thing is, Robin Leonard has done so well for the Blackhawks, you know, so far this year. I think, honestly, the way that I took it, I, I know that he's a, you know, fairly genuine guy, uh, but I kind of took it as a little bit of sarcasm, too. Mm-hmm. Like, so all the experts in the media and, you know, yeah, the way he says that, uh, the way he plays off. So, you know what? I appreciate his personality and his honesty there. Um, even, you know, the sarcasm, you know me, I love my sarcastic humor. So, um it, it it is what it is uh, with those comments, and like you said, you can't you know some of these times you can't even blame uh, teams for losing the shootout just because things are uh, you know it's so much different. Uh, like you had said, it's it's not like a in game breakaway; it's a lot more slowed down. Um, so it, that is what it is. I'll leave it at that. But a, a point that you'd brought up in there uh, that I wanted to get to just really quick was uh, you'd mentioned you know back sometimes you felt like Crawford was like you know letting in some of these goals back to back and like shootout. And, you know you wish you had uh, Darling in there back back in those years. Um, th- there was that you know speculation. What about changing to if it does go to a shootout and Leonard's the goalie in net that game, changing to 
to Crawford for that. You know, Colladin kind of shut that down. And, you know, oh, we ride our guys, you know, this and that. But um, Crawford, o- overall, when you look at I know you said it feels like sometimes that he would be, you know, weak at times and maybe there were stretches that he were. Uh, when you look at the overall numbers, though, he's actually, you know, the better. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know that. that. Robin Leonard's uh, eight and twenty-two uh, in shootout games. So um, I just thought that was interesting that you brought that up uh, because you know I feel like it, it's just kind of a reactionary thing. Uh, and at the end of the game, you know, you feel like that's the pivotal moment, even though it was probably a shift in the middle of the third period that really you know won it or lost it for you. Um, I mean, not one play or one shift will always do that to you, but it's like a man. Like if we could have scored there, then we're not even talking about the situation. So that's where I kind of go back to uh, being a little more opportunistic. Well, and I wonder too, Johnny, if you know how baseball, there's all this data out there about, you know, pitchers versus hitters and, you know, lefty righty matchups and all this other stuff. I'm surprised that hockey hasn't evolved yet to a situation where you do get to the shootout and depending on who the other team is putting up there you put in one or your backup goal, like a team like the Blackhawks could go up and say it's the Hawks versus the Oilers. And you've got Connor McDavid out there. How many times has Connor McDavid put the puck in past Corey Crawford versus Robin Lehner? You know what I mean? Stuff like that. I'm surprised we haven't mm-hmm. gotten to a point with hockey where we're not that analytical about it. And most teams just throw the goalie out there. Who's been in the, in the net the whole game. I would also think that there has to be some sort of fatigue factor. You've played mm-hmm. a full you've played a full game plus overtime, the extra five minutes and three on three. There's a lot more chances on the goalie. I'm surprised that they don't go to a guy like Crawford or other teams make those switches too, especially if you've got your backup goalie in. You've got a fully rested uh, goalie who sat there on the bench the whole game. Um, I, I'm just surprised that there hasn't been a little bit of trial in that. Um you know, maybe it has something to do with a guy's in his rhythm and he's been on the ice the whole game. But uh, I, I don't know. I'd like to see some of that uh, maybe start to happen. You, you yeah, never know what play you the matchups, play the matchups. You know, you, there's no harm in throwing Crawford out for one or, you know, maybe I don't know if there, I don't think there's a rule against it. But, uh, you know, throw Crawford out there for the first shooter, throw Leonard out there for the second shooter, bring Crawford back. I think it, if anything, it might mess with the other team a little bit because yeah. there's a book written on DVH their guy. plan of attack. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I think you know, just just a thought here. I'm just kind of spitballing, but you know, you never know. That might throw somebody off their rhythm. You know, if all of a sudden yeah. it uh, the Leonard skates off the ice, you get Crawford in there, and the guy goes, "Well, I was preparing to shoot against him." You know, the, all of a sudden, you know, high glove side doesn't work. You know, it just might yeah. throw somebody off. Yeah, I mean, that that's honestly, it is interesting when you compare it to, you know, because we're, you know, pretty heavily invested in baseball when uh, spring summer roll around. So and like you had said, there's analytics for friggin everything there. Um, and I know, you know, hockey is kind of more of a uh, I think. Kaladin's answer kind of sums it up that, you know, we're, uh, you know, a team unit and we, you know, we trust our guys and that kind of stuff. Whereas uh, baseball shifting more to, oh, well, what do the numbers tell us? Not what does my gut tell me? Um, so it's interesting. I, I think those are all uh, interesting points that you bring up there. But, um, you know, shootouts, uh, like I'd said, and you had said as well, um, let's just win these games in regulation overtime. 
Because um, honestly, an overtime goal that wins it uh, and everybody storms on the ice, that's way more exciting for me than e- even the nastiest move that Patrick Kane can do to end one. Uh, sure, it, it, it looks sweet and it's a great highlight reel play, but um, I'd rather see Johnny Taves, you know, like he did. I always just go back to that game against Vancouver last year at home. I believe it was in like early March. Uh, and he just took it to him, uh, wandered around, you know, two different defenders made his way to the front of the net, put one past, uh, I think it was five hole, uh, like he always does. Um, and that was in the overtime. And I feel like that, and that was, that was the uh, game where you, you know, the picture that I'm talking about where he's, you mm-hmm. know, slams up against the boards, got his tongue out and then everybody starts, you know, you know, surrounding him. So I think that that stuff's more exciting to me. So, um, I Funky, mean, like, can we put, a, can we put Duncan Keith out there and just start him at like the hash marks, have him just go uh, attack somebody. Uh, on, on, on the shootout <laughs> instead of a goalie. <laughs> oh God! And now we're now we're getting dangerous territories here. Um, like you said, I think we could do a full you know podcast about our opinions on the shootout um, uh, overall. But uh, it, you know th- that's just one that we wanted to you know touch on because Robin Leonard is a pretty vocal guy uh, when it comes to social media. So we just want to get those comments out there. If you hadn't seen those, uh, that's what that was all about. So there's our little assessment on it. Um, I just kind of want to go into some uh, you know general observations over this past since we recorded our last episode of four feathers and i touched on it with patrick comiskey um after the tampa game and uh in the episode of blackhawks on tap but let's please never play seven defensemen again um i was looking for the ben pope tweet but he tweets about 70 million times a day uh with the record i couldn't find it the record uh of the hawks going with 7d but they i believe it's like one five and one something like that uh the last six you know whatever seven times they've done it um just brutal the Uh, sheldon brookbank special dude (laughs) slater cuckoo you know called and said oh you know it's hard for you know we wanted to get him back in the mix because uh it's hard for him to sit out that many games and try to come in and actually be effective then it's like well he already sat out so many games was he going to come in and be effective in this one uh you sat dominic kubelik who honestly i I he's been a healthy scratch now at least twice this season um i don't think he should have been a scratch in any of these games um he at least provides a very strong physical presence to where he can go to the net and he can, even if he's not uh, putting the shot on there, he's providing a screen or he's bodying out a uh, defender for a possible rebound chance. So I don't think Dominic Kubelik should ever be scratched. And, you know, I know Kaladin is, you know, he likes to be the good guy and uh, get these guys in against, you know, cause Cuckoo was uh, formerly a Tampa Bay uh, lightning uh, player so that's the organization that he came from, started them against them. Uh, so, you know, that was a starting pair, uh, the, the third pair that he was on that game. Um, that kind of shit pissed me off. And, and I wrote in here, uh, I usually like to keep it more uh, general in the notes and just kind of give the observations. But I wrote that it's fucking stupid. Is it fucking stupid, Tony, or am I just overreacting? I, I, why are you limiting your forward depth? I, I don't understand it. Um, this Hawks d- defensive core for as somewhat improved as it's been this year over the past few years, there's no reason that Slater Cuckoo should be in the lineup number one unless somebody's injured. Um, There's a reason why he was sitting on the bench for so many games, I think, like you just said. And, yeah, you want to get him back in the mix. That's all fine and dandy, but let's not do it at the expense of a guy like Dominic Kubalik, who, honestly, like you you had mentioned, is a valuable part to this lineup. Um, Again, why are we changing things around and being drastic um, 
when there's there's no reason to. Um, you had just rattled off four wins in a row. Did you do that with seven defensemen? No. So why are you trying this now? It's not helping. Um, yeah. You know, I, just, I just go back to that line. Stop it. Get some help. Get um, some help. You know, it's there's no reason for it. There's absolutely no reason for it. Is Slater Cuckoo better than any of your forwards? No. Okay, then he has no business being in the lineup yeah, over yeah. any of your forwards. I mean, it's it's not like we're taking Chris Kunitz out of the lineup to play Slater Cuckoo. Um, th- that would be the only case that I saw. Yeah. And even and, you know, it's yeah. just it's so frustrating. I I have one hypothetical where this a seven D could work, and that is if Adam Bocus is still up, and you're just loading up, because then you're basically adding another forward to the mix because Gustafson will be your you know run and gun defenseman in that game. Like you know, that's about the only only situation. Even then, I wouldn't advise it. I would rather have your normal lines. No, it it doesn't make any sense. It, it just it doesn't fit this Hawks team. They're not a defensive-minded team. If you had seven solid shutdown defenders, and I don't think there's really any NHL teams that really have seven-plus options where they're like, I'm totally comfortable with all these guys being on the ice. It, it just doesn't make any sense. Um, you know, you talk about the Ben Pope tweets about it, and you know, I remember games where we've tried this over and over and over again, and they just never seem to work out the way that they should. Um, giving guys ice time for the sake of giving guys ice time is lame and weak. Um, it's just yes, it, it there's is. there's no reason that you need to dress Slater Cuckoo um, right now with with everybody that's healthy. There, there's there's no reason yeah, for it. Like God, Connor Connor Murphy's back. That would have been his opportunity to get in, and I'm glad they used him on Boquist. But shit, if you're gonna get him back into the mix at some point, that would have been to do it. The time to do it. Yeah, I mean, God forbid we see this because Drake Kajula is injured. Like if we see this again, I'm going to rip my hair out. Um, yeah. Um, it's stupid. Yeah. You, you, you said it best. It's it was fucking stupid. Yeah. There's, <laughs> there's no reason for it. There's no reason for it. There's, you know, it, it, I'm not going to say it's a Jeremy Carlton thing. Cause Joel Quinville did it too, but God damn, like we, we talked about just a little bit earlier, like, you know, when the whole, we did this whole dump and chase thing for a while, Mm-hmm. Like, th- th- just don't make this a habit, please. Don't make it a habit. Like, it's not going to work. Get back to what works. And I think that brings us in a nice, beautiful segue into uh, our next talking point here. Yeah, for sure. Uh, when you're talking about things that work, uh, you know, th- things started working. We had, you know, uh, System Flip, uh, our last episode, and we were talking about uh, when things finally got rolling uh, correctly. Uh, they had won four in a row uh, after really, you know, playing to. I like to summarize it as, you know, you're playing to your personnel better and not an idea in your head of the way you think things should go as a former defenseman, Jeremy Colladin. And that's what they did. Uh, they got to that. And I will, you know, I will give them credit. They haven't deviated from that style of play. But, you know, when you're coaching to personnel, then have that right personnel on the ice. So that kind of touches back on that, you know, don't play 7D. Uh, please don't do that again. Um but, you know, uh, the, the losses that they've had, I, you know, we talked about trends here uh, up and down. Uh, they, they had won four in a row uh, 
um, against Toronto. Good teams here, Toronto, um, Vegas, uh, Nashville. I know they've been kind of, you know, down a little bit more in the dumps here as of late. And then uh, Buffalo is kind of uh, in the middle there. But, you know, it was good to rattle off four wins in a row because they needed to build some points there. Um, and then they, you know, don't show up for two periods against Carolina. Um, start a little bit sluggish against Tampa as well, both those being 4-2 losses. And then I, I'll commend them for Saturday night's effort overall uh, when you're talking possession, you're talking scoring chances, all that. Um, it, it was fairly even. It was a fairly even game on Saturday night. Uh, they had the two disallowed goals. I do think the refs did make the correct calls on those, but um, it's uh, it, they're still losing, and you can't afford that because of where we are in the standings right now. So um, that is just the most recent trends here. Um, what's the biggest thing that needs to turn around to get back in the W column here, Tone? Patrick Kane. Let's get him back on that scoreboard, uh, putting some goals in net. And, yeah. uh, you know, I think that's one thing. And, and just start start rolling some other guys up there. I talked a little bit about the last time I was on Blackhawks on tap. There's one guy that I also want to see get rolling here, and that's Alex Dabrinkit. He needs to be on yeah. the score sheet a lot more often. Um, yeah, it go, in the goal column because he has had yeah. some assists, but that's you know that's not the Debrinket we know, and it's great. I, I would love to have for him to have goals and assists in the same game. So it's not like he's been completely off the score sheet, but I agree with you. Uh, where's that sniper? Where's that? You know, he's got he's set up on the one timer, that kind of thing. Yeah, um, I, I want to see that happen a lot more. Um, you know, you just you got to have your your guys who are uh, very offensive, um, talented players putting pucks in the net and i think that the hawks just need to continue to play more track meet style games a little bit here uh you saw it when they were in this win streak they were burning by guys um they weren't complacent they were attacking and uh i really enjoyed watching those hockey games Mm -hmm. um you know they they had a playoff type uh feel to them and uh, the hawks thrive in that and you know then they go back and and start to you know rest on their laurels a little bit and you start to see some of this again but uh that's that's what i have yeah for sure i'm with you um i'd like to see you know patrick kane guy that can take over a game Uh, i think that's a point that you've been adamant about on past episodes of four feathers podcast so uh totally with you on that um i'd like to see the alex to bring it snipes because one-timer goals are cool and tough tony they are they so I, cool I, 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 and I love them. That's one of the big reasons why uh, elsewhere in the league, I really, really like to watch Alex Ovechkin because he's the master of it. I know we don't have anyone of that type there, um, but still uh, th- there are chances for it. Um, I'd like to see it. Uh, part of that's going to have to do with a little bit of spacing too, you know, taking away defenders. Um, so he has that space to shoot uh, and time as well. So um, th- that would be my uh, things going forward. Uh, open it up a little bit more uh, in the offensive zone spacing wise. And then also, you know, run and gun, uh, as you had hinted at. So um, I think that does it for our recent observations. I'm going to get into a quick prospect report. Uh, This will be a shorter episode of the Four Feathers podcast, but we wanted to get it out to you before the Blackhawks take on Dallas uh, on Tuesday, November 26th. So quickly, Proctor prospect report here uh adam boquist uh since he's been back down in rockford uh in two games this past week five assists um that's pretty damn good uh so overall on the season one goal five assists six points in nine games nice uh philip holm uh defenseman down there as well in rockford uh three goals eight assists 11 points in the last 17 games i talked about him a little bit in our prospect report um on the last episode of four feathers uh he's just continuing that so uh good to see philip holm a guy that you know i feel like bodine 
Um, and then your college guys and Mitchell uh, were kind of your more highly touted uh, prospect guys. And then even Elk Regula now kind of intriguing coming over. Um, but it, it's good to see Philip Holm, kind of a name that you didn't really expect at the beginning of the season to be like that. But he is um, a guy that I brought up earlier as a possible call up instead of Highmore was uh, Anton Whedon, uh, left winger down in Rockford, four goals, six assists, 10 points through 16 games. Uh, you know, he's off to a solid start. Uh, the season for them as well. So I feel like he very well could have been uh, in that Matthew Highmore situation uh, being called up as that guy, even if he weren't inserted into the lineup. But, um, you know, I would imagine that we'll see him at some point because injuries are inevitable in this game. So um, further down this list, a guy that I just mentioned, defenseman Alec Regula, who came back uh, from Detroit in that Brennan Perlini trade. He's with the OHL London Knights. That's Adam Boquist's former team. Uh, they played together last year, had some nasty goals, uh, team ups on. Uh, he's got nine goals, 12 assists, 21 points in 19 games. So better than a point per game for Alec Regula down there. Um, I know Boquist tore it up when he was there as well. So, um, you know, if we're going back to that trade, if he becomes a mainstay, uh, if he becomes, you know, one of those six guys that's playing every night in the future here for the Blackhawks, the Hawks absolutely win that trade um, just because you have two pieces that are valuable uh, coming back in return with only one going to Arizona, just quantity there. Um, absolutely. And then uh, my other guy, uh, Evan Barrett, uh, I love this guy. He is such a um, grinder. He, he reminds me of a more skilled Ryan Hartman, just uh, Ryan Hartman in the way that he kind of approaches the game. And he's also a center. So that makes me love this guy even more. Uh, he's playing for Penn State, the NCAA, uh, three goals, 12 assists, 15 points through 12 games. Um, the last time I had updated this, I believe he had three goals and like eight assists. So or seven assists. So he's just been an assist machine uh, since we last recorded a Four Feathers uh, episode. And I always like Penn State guys because they're usually on uh, Friday Night Hockey on Big Ten Network. So you can go and tune into him. So I do enjoy watching Evan Barrett play. Uh, definitely a college guy to keep an eye on. And then uh, just a, one more note, a uh, guy that was drafted this past year, I believe he's our first pick in the second round, Alex Vlasic, defenseman, a big tall guy out in Boston College. Um, he's got uh, just two assists through 13 games um, out there, but he is just a freshman and uh, you know, he's like 18 years old. So uh, just someone else to keep an eye on. Uh, we'll be there for a while at Boston College. But just wanted to give a quick update on that. So, Tony, we are on to Dallas, uh, November 26th, Tuesday night, uh, 7 o'clock start, not 730 at the United Center. Tony, both you and I will be there tonight or tomorrow, tomorrow night. Well, tonight, <laughs> tonight, tonight tomorrow, tomorrow, whatever, whenever people are listening to this. Uh, yeah, should be a good time. Um, it's always good to go uh, catch a Hawks game at the UC. Weird seven o'clock start, like you mentioned. Um, we'll uh, have to get there a little bit earlier than uh, than normal, but uh, I'm okay with that. It's uh, uh, just start drinking beers a little bit earlier. Yeah, um, you know it's gonna be rough though. Um, Dallas, they are wow, they're hot. Hot is an understatement. 14-1-1 in the past 15 games, and they'd started off the season like 1-7. I know that graphic showed on the uh, broadcast on Saturday night, but, man, just absolutely on fire. They took care of Vegas tonight at home, uh, 4-2. to So if there is one advantage here, um, maybe a little bit slower off the jump having to play uh, a fast team like Vegas at home tonight. Um, you know, they did take care of them. Like I had said, four to two, they look like they're lighting the world on fire, but, um, you know, back to back, they got to travel. Uh, so they probably got a flight out right now as we're recording this, um, probably going to be getting in a little bit late, uh, to Chicago tonight. Um, you know, a guy like, I wouldn't put it past a guy like Tyler Sagan to want to go out and hit the town. Yeah, uh, that's true. But, uh, 
Let's not let's not play comfy in front of the home crowd tomorrow night, Johnny. Let's not let's not get comfortable. Let's not get you know uh, coming in. Dallas is on the back to back. Yeah, we can we can we can relax in this one because we have a no, no no. Throw that out the fucking window right now. Yep. Get out there and jump on these guys early. Like you mentioned, they may be a little bit slow. The Hawks need to be fast. Play that fast game. Stretch some passes out a little bit. Carry the puck into the zone. Don't dump and chase throughout the whole first period. Make their defenders move. Mm-hmm. Get some shots on net early. Get the home crowd into it. Because I've, we've seen this story way too many times, Johnny, where they go through that first and second period and they just nail it in and then we have to play that third period real hard. Let's let's jump on these guys early. Um, I would expect this to be a Crawford start um, just because Leonard played last game. Um, yeah, they've been I, alternating a bit lately. They've been alternating, so I'm expecting a Corey Crawford start. Let's get out there. Let's get on the board early, like I said, and and get the home crowd into it. I want to be I want to be excited tomorrow night. I want to crack some beers and 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 do some uh, listen to the Chelsea Dagger play over and over and over again. That's what I'm coming for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's what we all do uh, when we're there. And like you had said, I think the big thing is, you know, not being complacent at home. Um, uh, Comiskey and I talked about it a little bit um, after last Thursday's game uh, against Tampa on the, uh, you know, post game show. And we had some, you know, high aspirations. We were calling a shutout since we hadn't had one this year. You're we saying Robin Leonard's shutout. Uh, you only get one goal in regulation. So, uh, you know, pretty close. Uh, but anyway, we had said the one of the points there getting back to this, like you had said, uh, at home. Uh, the Hawks had had, you know, what, three, three in a row at home uh, in uh, two of those that they had lost uh, on last Tuesday and Thursday. And we had said that, you know, you do can feel a little bit complacent at home. Uh, you got, you know, holidays coming up, uh, planning with the wife what, you know, you're doing for Thanksgiving. You know, when are you getting the turkey, all this? Honestly, it, you, you they're yeah, people too. professional athletes they're they're people too yeah so you know you, you get that kind of shit uh, i know that's even more uh kind of in your face this week but uh they, they should be a uh, pissed off team i think that is the best way to describe it um so yeah definitely feed off the energy instead of just uh sulking into it and being like okay well you know they're they're behind us anyway um because we had said when you go on the road it's kind of you don't got anything else to do you're there to play a hockey game uh, that's it so um unfortunately you know I, like i said I gotta commend their effort because the overall five on five game, uh, I wish they would have converted on some power plays, but overall the five on five game was fine on Saturday night. Uh, just some chances that didn't go through, and the ones that did were called back. So, um, you know, keep keep hammering them because the more you put on, the more likely you're gonna score. So, uh, the, that's just my bottom line. Uh, it sounds very generalistic, but. Um, it is what it is. Uh, it is the key to victory for tomorrow night against Dallas. So um, just really quick, uh, they were in practice uh, rolling basically the same lines they did against Dallas. That's Saad, Taze, Nylander, top line. Debrickett, Strom, Kane, second line. Shaw, Kampf, Kubelik, third line. Carpenter, Doc, Smith, fourth line. And then uh, Cuckoo was filling in on that top pair at practice today because Duncan Keith had a maintenance saves. But uh, So Keith Spot and Gustafson, top pair. DeHaan Murphy, or excuse me, DeHaan Seabrook, second pair, Mata Murphy, third pair. So I, and I would imagine Corey Crawford is backstopping that tomorrow night. Uh, tone. Um, let's, uh, since we're on a, uh, you know, pregame here, this will be our preview for it. There's no Blackhawks on tap to do this on stick to click. Who's going to get the job done? Yeah, this is tough. Um, and it generally, it always is tough, but I think this one's a little bit tougher. Um, 
just because Dallas has been so good. Uh, Kane's obviously always the easy choice, but I'm going to take it um, just because, you know, he's still been lingering around that score sheet. I think if there's somebody that's going to take this over, Patrick Kane, um, I've got to go with it. Uh, I'm hoping for a multi-goal performance from Kaner tomorrow night. Yeah, I hope that is the case. I took him on Saturday night. Such was not the case, unfortunately, for me. Um, but I'm going to go with uh, Brandon Saad. Um, I think that there is going to be some inside opportunities if they're really firing shots. You know, you and I were at a game against Vancouver, and they were throwing shit from every angle possible, uh, mm-hmm. shit from behind the blue line sometimes when, you know, that was, you know, looked like their best play. Uh, they were doing it and still someone racing in and trying to get a rebound. So I think Brandon Saad soaks up a nice juicy rebound chance and puts it in the back of the net. Um, that's going to be my uh, stick-to-click, Brandon Saad. So um, just looking ahead uh, after the Blackhawks take on the stars on that Tuesday night. Um, that is the 26th. They are off obviously for the holiday, um, uh, over Thanksgiving. And then, uh, they are at home on Friday for the black Friday game, Blackhawks Friday, as they're promoting it, uh, three o'clock. So a little matinee action against Colorado avalanche. And that is the first of a back to back home and home with the abs. Uh, they'll be in Denver on Saturday night, 8 PM to round out the month of November tone. How do you think we fare in these next three contests? Uh, you know, I want to say two and one, but I'm going to go one, one and one here. Um, Dallas is so hot. I can see this going to overtime being a loss. And then I think you split with the abs, uh, one and one, um, the avalanche are kind of hovering around the middle of the pack here. Um, it's pretty close here. As far as points go, you see the Hawks sitting here with 23 um and the avalanche are sitting here with 28 five and five in their last 10 uh so they're they're a middle of the road team and that's kind of why i think you split with them um I, I really think that the hawks record doesn't really reflect the talent that they have um so yeah i just i think one one and one is a really safe bet here i'd like to see two and one though yeah, so I'm actually going to take the two and one. Uh, I'm going to go. We are willing, Tony. You and I in the building. We are willing uh, tomorrow night to happen. Um, I will take uh, anything we can get uh, advantage wise over Dallas. The back to back. I do think that does play a little bit of a factor into it. And I just think they're going to come out um, and, and be firing on all cylinders. Uh, I feel like you know they 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 smelt it. They they tasted it a little bit with the four game win streak, and they got away from that a little bit. And you know they looked like they could have been back in that because you know if if a shootout goal goes in for us and Leonard stops two on Saturday, we're talking about a whole different mood here mm-hmm. uh, right now. So I feel like that can very easily change, and it will it will change because we're going to will it, Tony, tomorrow night. Uh, win against Dallas. Uh, I hate that three o'clock start time. I love it for me being able to watch it, but I hate it for our players. Um, I feel like that's going to be a dog shit effort. Uh, lost to the Avs on Friday and then win in their building on Saturday night because last year there were a couple like I think it was like back to back Saturdays. However, the schedule lined up. We went out there and I saw all the Avs blogs talking shit about you know oh well so and so is out and Colin Daly I just put the friggin' clamps down on him. Well, imagine what Robin Leonard can do to him on Saturday night. So I'm going with two and one with that second win coming at the Avs to close out this month on November 30th tone. You convinced uh, me to change it. I'm going two and one now too, Johnny. Hell yeah. You like that? See that I like to, I like to motivate here. Um, I just, I just have some vibes about it. I, I do. I really do. So um, uh, let's, let's roll with that two and one predictions here. Um, I like it tone. Uh, let's get your closing thoughts before we wrap up episode 35 of the four feathers podcast. 
Closing thoughts. I hate the Nashville Predators. You're right within striking <laughs> distance. To get yourself up over the hump and cement them down into a close basement race with the Minnesota Wild. And there would be nothing better for me, just as a hockey fan, to make sure that Nashville... I know there's a lot of hockey to be played, Johnny. There's a lot of hockey left. But to see Nashville sitting in the basement with Minnesota would be really, really nice. And Mm -hmm. I want the Hawks to go on a little bit of a run here to kind of make sure that that happens. Uh, Nashville is on a two-game win streak right now. Don't let them jump so far ahead of you. I I know the Avalanche are on a two-game losing streak, but you have a really good chance here to kind of jump, not one, but get close to getting into a position where you can jump two teams. Now all of a sudden, you're up in the top four in the Central. Let's make this happen. I want to see Nashville behind us, number one. Just, you know, I'd raise a banner for that. Um, but uh, I, I really think that right now, you know, we always talk about hockey cliches, every point's critical. Uh, but it really is. You don't want to continue to kind of hover where you're at right now. The Hawks only have a minus three goal differential. Let's get that positive over these next three starts. I think mm-hmm. that's very doable to be up in a positive goal differential by the uh, time that the month of November ends. And I, I really think that there's just a mental thing about not being second to last in your division at the close of November. Um, you know, obviously we saw what the Blues did last year, but you're only helping yourself if you start to put yourself up above some of these other teams. You have a chance to do it right here. One step at a time. Take Nashville uh, by beating Dallas tomorrow night. Get up there even with with the Predators. And then you're sitting three points behind the Avs. And you're going to go back-to-back with them. There's a chance here. There's there's a path. Let's take it. I love it. Uh, I'm kind of going to jump off the back of what you had just said there. Uh, My closing thought here is going to be exceed my expectations. I had said two and one, make it three and oh, um, and catch fire. That's my other talking point here. Catch fire. Uh, We've seen all these other teams be able to do it. Dallas's ridiculous run. What did I say? 14, one and one. Um, Ben Pope, like I said, when I was searching through his 85 million tweets today, uh, I believe he also pointed out that uh, the Islanders are like 15, oh, and one. And I know that's an Eastern Conference team and yada, yada, but it was kind of in relation to the Robin Leonard thing said, you know, he kind of, you know, tracks him, sees how his old teammates are doing. Uh, let's see the Hawks go on some absolutely insane tear like that. Uh, I know it's not going to be easy every night, but shit, it can start with one and snowball into others. So exceed my expectations and catch fire. Those are my closing thoughts. Um, all right, everybody, that was episode 35 of the Four Feathers podcast. Make sure you're going to ontapsportsnet.com for all of your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. You can find all of our Hawks articles up there. Make sure you go and check out the one that Ron had put up about that uh, Dylan Strom, Nick Schmaltz, Brendan Perlini, all those guys involved in that trade, uh, reflecting on it one year from the date. Um, we also have all your news updates up there. Uh, I had posted about Highmore being called up right after it happened. Um, we're right up to date on there. Uh, so, you know, that, that's where you want to get your Blackhawks news from. Also, plenty of other great stuff for uh, all the other Chicago sports teams. Uh, our Bears guys are still, you know, sticking through it. Um, they'll give you the blunt, honest opinion of what's going on over at Soldier Field. And then, uh, you know, baseball offseason in full swing. Our White Sox, uh, you and me, Tony, uh, obviously you you were uh, out on that Blackhawks on tap last Thursday because you had a very important signing to discuss over there. So I took the reins on the Blackhawks, but uh, we do it all. So we got you covered on all bases there. That's ontapsportsnet.com. 
Um, all right, Tony, let's close it out how I always do, man. Yeah, man. Let's go Hawks. Let's go Hawks.